like for instance, if a the husband were uncomfortable with something, you know, that that discussion would have to be had with right. his wife. His wife in regards to her attendance. Yeah, her, his wife and also the elders of the church, because that would be appropriate as well. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize, seize the, the faith. faith. Welcome to episode 111 of the Carpe Fide podcast. Yay. Look, you, you always give me something else there, nothing. You got nothing. I'm so tired. It's episode 111. It's three ones. All right. Tonight's episode is called... Shall be shall be shall thusly be titled Dale Partridge Women's Bible Studies and the Creative Order. For those of you that are unaware, Dale Partridge had a spicy two-part <clears throat> uh, podcast on real Christianity, which is Dale Partridge, podcast. Dale Partridge podcast, <laughs> uh, where he actually was going into uh, a biblical patriarchy view of women and their their ability to their their. Role in the church. I think that's the most appropriate way to say it. Women's role in the church is what it ended up being. But it was mostly centered around the idea of could women teach theology to other women as a, as the biggest, the most specific question. But it ended up really being this kind of uh, look at uh, a woman's role inside the church. And we've had many interactions in our, our Carpe Fide chat uh, where people have had some, we're rather disgruntled with some of the things Dale Partridge said. Um, and while I understand them, I don't think I was disgruntled with all of the things that Dale Partridge said. <laughs> that sound, that sound about right. Yes, that sounds right. According to what you told me before we recorded. Well, I meant <clears throat> from your perspective. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I, I listened to both. I listened to both of his episodes. I did not get into any Twitter discussions that he may have had, but I mean, I, Definitely, I don't know. I guess I didn't really have a, as big of a problem as some people did in our chat, but that's why we're here to hash it out. Well, fortunately for us, <clears throat> and we realized that by talking about this topic and bringing on our special guest tonight, we may have violated the very topic itself. Yes, we've already broken the rules, <laughs> more but than likely. On our podcast. Well, on is this the, devotional theology? or this? Yeah, we'll call this devotional theology. <laughs> we haven't talked about that yet. No one has a category for this. Well, in a second, you'll have a category for that. <laughs> Will we afterwards? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> our special guest tonight is the one and the only Ma... Ma Gruber. Ma Gruber. That is Pop's wife. That's our mother. That's how it works. Ma. Ma, how are you doing tonight? I'm not sure how I got rooked into this. <laughs> <laughs> we are. I, I, I was surprised that we booked you, honestly. Yes, we have been trying for nigh on to uh, going on three years now to get either one of our wives or our mother on this podcast. And it finally happened. <laughs> I guess I'm old and you wore me down. That's right. Just like. Just like Paul goes from, you know, full of passion in Galatians to real tempered, down, slowed down by Romans. He's, you know, just like that. We finally got Ma. We reeled her in. And what a more fitting topic for her to come on and discuss. Um, we had, we've had, we've had much dialogue. We have had much dialogue. Uh, yes. Over the past two weeks. Um, we have been teaching at our church uh, a little bit on, well, we started, we, we had took, two, took one week to pause out, pause and talk Let's try again. English is difficult. We took one week to pause our study in Exodus, our two-year-long study, three-year-long study of Exodus, 
and uh, to talk about clothes and how clothes show an important separation of genders and it matters what we wear. And that led to a, a second clarifying week of teaching on specifically um, the interaction of the armor of God, men and women and Christians wearing the armor of God and the difference between men and women and women's roles versus men's roles inside of God's creative order. And I think we got good progress. Yeah. Yeah. Really good progress. All right. Good. So we made good progress um, to getting to what God's standard is. And I was thankful and grateful for that. And it really kind of this, this conversation that Dale Partridge began having on his podcast kind of came in the midst of that teaching uh, we were having interactions in our Carpe Fide podcast chat. And we were like, this is probably an important issue uh, that we need to have a good handle of as Christians inside the church so we can also illuminate the world to what God's creative standard is, creative order standard is. I mean, my main thing was I like Dale. I, I, I really I really enjoyed talking with him about the uh, the gospel track ministry that, he, that he's doing with Crossway. I really had a good a good chat with him. I read his little booklet on manhood, thought that was good. And I uh, just didn't know why anyone was hating on Dale. So just had to listen yeah. in and see what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And we we, um, and we we do love the idea of small church bodies and and men sharpening themselves to be able to lead smaller churches. We, we like that whole like guerrilla warfare Christian kind of church situation that Dale's been doing through, through Reformation. Um, I just lost it. Reformation University? What is it called? I have no idea. Wow. I totally failed. Not the first time, won't be the last. Nor will it be the last. But I love the idea that he's trying to train up men to lead the, lead small churches out of homes and, and in smaller <clears throat> smaller venues so that the church can be growing in a very clear, biblical, and rapid, also very rapid way. Um, so we're all on board with that. But there were definitely some things that we, I think, at least in our church context, take a different nuance to the scripture um, than Dale did. So one of the big things right off the top was that Dale was very emphatically clear that women cannot teach theology to other women. And I mean, it's very difficult in just to say that out loud. It's very difficult, but it, I think the paradigm itself, cause you have to unpack, you, you have to define terms in that statement. Like you have to be clear about what you're talking about. What is a woman? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Walsh, could you help us please? Um, Technically, he didn't answer that in the video. His wife does. So his wife actually is the one that... Anyway, it's either here or there. In the What is Woman documentary, his wife actually tells us what a woman is. Oh. But it's also because God made woman and told us what it was. Anyway, it's really here or there. Um, he he breaks down knowledge into two um, subcategories. He breaks down knowledge into academic versus devotional. So there's an academic knowledge and a devotional knowledge and the devotional knowledge is something that all believers need and have access to. Whereas the academic knowledge is something that pastors uh, and theologians need as they're defending the faith. Cause there's, they're, they're one of their main Special. roles. <laughs> one of their main roles was to do, was to defend doctrine to clearly to then you. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, Yes, I mean, it, 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 that's what it sounds like. <laughs> well, according to R.C. Sproul, everyone's a theologian. Yeah, I know. I have his book up in my in my library. Well, it's a little tricky for me to listen to, knowing that no one has had years of seminary training in our local body of Christ uh, currently. Yeah, maybe we're not even a church. So we're I, probably just stuck in devotional theology. I, I, we're probably just a milk church. 
I was confused. <laughs> if only that was the, that was the case, we'd be much bigger if we were a milk church. Probably right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> milk message in South Jersey does real well. I feel like yeah, in New Jersey, generally speaking. Anyway, neither here nor there. Yeah, you're right. Like we're so we don't have any seminary trained um, pastors at our church. None of our elders are seminary trained, which is interesting. But it does run this. It's so funny because it runs. Um, like it's easy if you take a hard line like that, right? That women can't, women shouldn't teach other women theology. Um, I mean, I don't think it's easy. I think that that's a, not a very popular position. <laughs> well, I know I don't, it's definitely not a popular position. The question is, is it a biblical position? That's the, really the question we need to answer. Um, and then you, you can only really, I think you can only really do that if you break theology down uh, into something that is, that has subcategories of specialties. Cause if you don't, we're all supposed to know theology. In fact, theology is the essence of the thing that Christian is, is supposed to know, know and love God. You, that's how you, that's what you're supposed to do. So like if you, you can't know God without studying theology, it's, it's kind of the thing. Right. But Dale, Dale doesn't disagree with that. He just thinks that there's an order to how those things get accomplished for both men and women. Right. Can you, maybe you can articulate his position a little better than I am. Um, were you trying to articulate his position? I don't know. <laughs> I don't Maybe think. I was just failing generally. <laughs> just generally failing. <laughs> well, uh, Dale's, Dale's position would be that, uh, if, if one is a Christian woman, that their, um, that their understanding of theology should stem from their, in, in a Christian family, their husband's understanding of theology, that there's always a head over the woman, um, for, um, authority and accountability and, um, to be submitted to. And so um, for a Christian woman that's not married, that's their pastor, which I, their, their elders, which I agree with. And for, um, uh, a Christian woman with an unsaved husband, that would be their pastors, um, as well. And then for a married Christian woman, that would be the, the in closest proximity, their husband, um, and so he doesn't, he, I don't think Dale ever said that women can't learn theology. Uh, he's just saying that women should learn theology in a certain way that, that he sees as biblical given, given the headship and authority structures that are quite clearly laid out in scriptures. I don't think I misunderstood that maybe when I heard him then, because I, I was under a different impression. He, 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 he it did explicitly say that women should not teach uh, what was academic theology to one another? That is reserved for the role of their husband and their pastors. But devotional theology was fair game. He said that? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I must have missed that part. But I'm glad you, you heard it and are, are speaking it now. I, I, mean, I forget if it was in the first or second episode. I mean, I'm sure he definitely clarified it in the second episode, but... Yeah. He... um. Because devotional theology would be what you see. So he said, he says, uh, what, what did he say? Um, the, he used uh, syllabus, I, I think is the word that he used. Like it has to be in the syllabus. So he went to Titus 2 about the older, run, old, older women teaching younger women and saw that in a more devotional theolo- theology way in terms of homemaking and child rearing and how to be a godly woman, not necessarily in academic or systematic theology. So like a woman could attend a 
conference with women speakers on parenting or homeschooling or homemaking or stuff like that would be his thing. Right. But like, wouldn't all that, uh, I struggle with any of that. So one of my issues, so you're talking about Titus chapter two, Well, Dale was starting over. Well, no, I mean we're referencing. We're currently referencing. <laughs> Don't Titus. make Dale's position my position. We're currently <laughs> just referencing. I'm explaining it. Correct. We're currently referencing Titus two verse three. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, submissive to their own husbands, to be self-controlled. <clears throat> excuse me, to be self-controlled. Um, Show yourself at all respects to be a model of good works and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us. Yeah. So he he, he viewed... Th- no, I missed the line. I was going to say. <laughs> and to miss to their own husbands that the word of God may not be reviled. That makes much more sense. What's wrong with me? I went to the description of what a younger man was to do and you know, I'm like, that's I, not right. I didn't think teaching was in there. I, I that's was... correct. To be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands that the word of God may not be reviled. Whew. That's better. Right. So he said that that's the syllabus, that those are the things that the older women can teach the younger women. Right. How to do those things. My struggle in, in this particular area is I don't know how you teach any of those without teaching theology. No, it, those are theological practices. He's trying to delineate between academic theology and devotional theology. Those are the words that he used. I see submissive to their own husbands, and I immediately want to run through the full narrative of Scripture on the reason submissive to husbands is important. Right. That's because you're a pastor. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I understand, I, but that's what Dale I, would say. <laughs> <laughs> you're being Dale here, not being Jesse. Understand, <laughs> right? But I mean, but I mean, no. I, I think that that looks like teaching. I think uh, I think on Dale's view, that looks like a woman teaching a woman what the woman's role is in relationship to her husband. I like. I I think that that's clearly what he meant. I don't think that he meant anything else different than that. No, I understand. I just. My struggle in when is because when you break down categories like academic versus devotional, it becomes so the water becomes so muddy that you do not have articulated positions there any longer. Well, then forget the definitions and just go by the syllabus in Titus 2, he would say. Which is fine because, but again, in every one of these, I'm teaching theology. You're getting biblical teachings from any of these. Like, this is all going to require biblical teaching, right? Yes. He doesn't have a problem with that. Hmm. There will be a link to both the episodes that you can listen to in the show notes, just in case that wasn't referenced yet. Don't forget, you can listen for yourselves. Please. <laughs> did did please we like, listen like, to the same podcast? Like Lamar Burton. <laughs> don't take our word for it. I don't think we did. No, right. But if we're teaching... Right. So in a Bible study, right? Yes, where you're expositing, say, Ephesians. Okay. That would be reserved for a, a pastor or a husband to do. Okay. Would be so, a, exposition from the text that's, through. That's Dale's in, in position. A, in, in a systematic way, like what we would do preaching on a Sunday service. That is that is Dale's position. As yes. I do fully, I think I fully grasp that. Right. Personally, myself. I mean, I think that he adds systematic theology and all these other, um, you know, disciplines that are very scholastic and whatever. But I, I think that. I think that a clear way to look at that would be 
exegetical teaching from the text in a systematic way. Okay. Would probably be the most basic, would be the most basic category for that. What were your takeaways from listening to the podcast from Dale? Well, I don't know he Dale. Looked, he looked at mom. Ma. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know him. So I was simply reacting to, you know, I don't have a background for him. I, I mean, I have listened to your podcast where you had Dale on and that was well and good. Um, I, I did struggle with his definitions. I didn't know when he said we couldn't teach theology, we as women. Um, two other women. Not that I have any great desire to do Maybe so. Um, but I, I didn't... His, his, his definitions of devotional and academic really threw me off because he kind of started there and I was trying to figure out what he meant and I was waiting for that definitions to be fleshed out and I, I, it didn't happen for me. Now, the part that Jesse referenced about him um, referencing Titus, I do recall that. Um, but that, that really perplexed me a lot. I, I, I kind of... So as a woman, just to be honest... When these topics come up, I tend to... What is... I'm sorry. I tend to bristle. <laughs> you know, my first reaction is bristle. I don't know what other women's reactions are. Maybe there are women out there that just go, oh, wow, this is fine. Well, Genesis 3.16 says that should be your first reaction, I think. Um, That's part of the curse. But, but when I do bristle, I do try to figure out why and is it appropriate. So uh, by the end of the first podcast, I was very much... Um, bristled bristled i was bristled didn't want to listen uh thought if you're going to say stuff like that you better come with like more i I felt the scriptures were random and uh i'm used to a lot of contextual teaching Mm -hmm. so the random pulling of the scriptures even the context being verbally explained wasn't there for me uh it was you learned that in seminary you learned how to do that in seminary that's uh, that's where you learned it yeah, how to, how that to why pick, we don't, pick verses and then that's why we don't know how to. That, that's why we're not we're not good at it. We got to get better. Yeah. Do you think so? I and I I think I felt the same way. Do you feel like there wasn't? I felt like I was getting two definitions created by man without biblical backing to them. Yeah, that, I mean, I was waiting for the def, the backing. I was waiting for it and, and listening for it and struggling through all of the context that he was talking about because he kept referring to these things. And I didn't know what they were exactly and where they came from. Right. And I think we, I, I think I felt that too. Um, and that's not to like, again, that's not to shoot. <clears throat> I did want to say this because one of the things I was very much enjoyed because I didn't want to shoot down. I don't want to shoot down what Dale said. I want, I want to be able to disagree with it and disagree with it well and rationally where I disagree with it because there's much to be celebrated in those podcasts. I really enjoyed the unpacking of history and connecting that with the role of men and women and then the role of men and women as, as it's degraded as it's degraded over time, even in the church and even in, in even what our context of the Western church in the church in America, um, how it's been degraded um, and the change of what a, a woman's role naturally was even, even at, in everyday life has changed dramatically from what it used to be to what it is now with the advancements of technologies. And he does a good job unpacking that. And I want to celebrate that. And I also want to celebrate, um, how many verses he did end up using to define the positions where he wanted to caution a woman teaching a man, which I think is explicitly 
uh, explicitly throughout the scriptures. There's just like, there's no way around. I don't think there's really a much of a way around that. Um, but one of the things I think we've discussed, all three of us, in fact, just before we're we started. We're looking at you, Beth Moore. <laughs> Beth Moore. We are looking. I am not looking at you. Go home. <laughs> Got an apron with, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Got an apron with your name on it. It says BM on it. <laughs> oh. Well, that's her name. Beth Moore. It's her initials. Yeah. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, you're, you're th- going to make mom pull your middle name out. In this, <laughs> in this one of the things, one of the things we discussed was the reality that all authority is borrowed, um, or all authority is uh, granted, but it's all granted primarily f- uh, from God. God is the only owner of authority, and He that grants authority um, to subordinate beings. Can can I back up for a second because I oh, don't yeah. really get to speak too much on the, his whole definition thing. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, I just wanted it to just be done and then we can move on to this because I think we're transitioning to a different topic. Um, I do, I did think that they were, they, they were arbitrary terms and, but I looked on that kind of graciously by saying like, I think Dale was trying to communicate that he sees something in scripture or he sees, he sees these categories of things that exist that scripture doesn't necessarily say exist, but they kind of shows that they exist and he's just putting names to them. So I don't think that he thinks that scripture teaches that devotional theology is a art or a practice or an area of study um, in so much as I think that he thinks that scripture kind of shows that and he's just putting a name to it. He's systematizing it. He's doing it what he's doing what seminarians I was going to say do. he probably learned he's that systemat- in seminary. He's systematizing yeah. it. Which is fine, but you know me as a as one of these weird biblicists. I want it to be in the Bible. I want, I want Bible. You got to give me Bible. Well, sure, but I mean, when when you when you get into that, Mister McGill, we start getting into some funny things about we do have systemized, systematized doctrines and things that aren't necessarily yes, and explicitly they, packaged in scriptures that come from. Well, that's not whole viewing of scripture. I think that that's what he was doing. I understand, but I feel I felt I found his whole view very very faulty. Personally, I go to Acts twenty eight twenty six, and I have some questions I want to ask. Here's Apollos. Apollos, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And I automatically have questions. I want to ask some questions there, like immediately. That's X eighteen twenty six. I said that. Did I say that yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you did. Right. So I immediately have questions here because not only does it mention Priscilla and Aquila, it mentions it mentions um, Priscilla before Aquila in that in that context. When it could have been separated perfectly fine, Acts 18.1 starts off, after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, and he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Up to this point, what we know is we have a Jew named Aquila, his wife's named Priscilla. So at no point do we inherently need a Priscilla to, to have a role in any way. But by the time Apollos is being is needing to be corrected, it's Priscilla and Aquila that pull him aside and they teach him more deeply the ways of God. So there's an interaction there that I want to confess in Scripture causes tension between what what is being said as we create categories. No, that's fine. I think Dale should have to answer that question. Okay, I just want to make sure. Well, don't forget about Phoebe. Don't forget about Phoebe. No, no, no. 
Don't forget about Phoebe. Sorry, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> she was taking Paul's letters now. <laughs> you know what's funny? So here's what just Paul happened. across Asia. And <laughs> because, this, because this is audio only, I'm singing it. And like, I, I know Jesse loves... I'm like, why is Jesse jumping in? And I realized that the blank stare I was getting in was him thinking of a verse to go after the chorus. So, well done. Anyway, that just happened. Um, indeed, Phoebe is. And they're instructed as she's carrying her, carrying Paul's letter, right, to give give Phoebe all that she requires as she arrives. There seems to be a burden that is placed on Phoebe that that does seem to have to teach doctrine to other people. I, I'm not saying that. I, oh, okay. I'm all not right. saying specifically what that is. I'm saying that there's about as much there's as much interesting in that as there is in the interesting categories of academic versus devotional. How about that? <laughs> well, I mean, if Phoebe had a husband or didn't have a husband. It would have taken away all questions if Paul had simply clarified that in his writing and said, you know, this is why I'm sending Phoebe or, but he doesn't. And, and I think that it does leave some question. I just want to clarify right now. I have no desire to teach doctrine to anybody and I'm fine with the whole submission deal. I'm, I'm good with it. I don't want to sound like some sort of crazed. I don't know. No, you're not crazed. You're not crazed in that area. Good. You got to be a little crazy. You raised both of us. I know. I mean, slightly, slightly crazy. crazy. Crazy raisins over here. So one of the things I was moving. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy raisins? Crazy raisins? Crayon raisins. So we were, one of the things I was moving to was the idea of borrowed Maybe authority. it means crazy raisin this whole time. <laughs> is that what a crazin is? A crayon, it's a crayon raisin, it's dude. It's a crazy raisin. No, it's a cranberry raisin. This raisin that went off the walls, bro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Reel it in. Reel him in, someone. Ma, come on, Ma. You're here. He's I don't even son. know what he's saying. Crazen. You know, the craisins, the California raisins. Crazen. No, craisins are cranberry raisins. <laughs> These are different things. All authority, all right, is derived from God, and therefore all authority God bestows on subordinates. So authority is only ever borrowed, is a very scriptural concept throughout God's word. God possesses the authority and bestows authority on people as he would, which means we go back to the creative order. When we start opening up the, 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 the Bible and we see that God has commanded so many things in Genesis uh, 1 and 2 for the man to do and then, and on top of that, commands him about the tree and then gives him a woman because the reality is that man cannot complete these tasks by himself, but rather needs the completion, the help meet that Eve is. So, so that suddenly we ha- all of these tasks that God had given man to do are able to be done as God commanded them to be done. So well, I mean, maybe I'm being, I'm being too uh, general, but God gives the command to fill the earth, Genesis 128, subdue it, Genesis 128, 215. They're responsible over every living thing in Genesis 126 and, and chapter 2, verse 19. Bearing the image of God, Genesis 126 and 27. And to obey God's commands, Genesis 2, verse 16. All of these are ways in which God has outlined uh, things for man to do. But we don't get Eve, woman, until... Genesis two nineteen, so we we have to acknowledge now. Obviously, Genesis chapter one is the big overview. Uh, so the making of man and woman is kind of lumped together in Genesis chapter one, whereas Genesis two is a focusing in on on the day six when God makes 
man. So by Genesis 2.20, when, when Eve is created, we already have these this reality that there's there all these things are present. So a- Adam is responsible over creation. Um, he's naming the animals. It's obviously a huge job. Also, he notices that animals seem to be able to fill the earth, but how is he ever going to be able to fill the earth? It seems like it's going to take take partnership. Um, and then God, you know, states explicitly that it, you know this he had that it wasn't good for man to be alone. And now that he's confronted with this giant task, God makes him a help meet suitable for the these these tasks that God has already given him in creation. And as as now God gave woman, she has this responsibility inherent in her in her creation to enable man to complete the God given responsibilities. So she is an as she is a a integral part of filling the earth, of subduing it, of being responsible over all every things and over bearing the image of God and obeying his commands. But obviously her role in that is in a way to enable man to fulfill his responsibility. Because God places the burden of responsibility on Adam. It's why when he when 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 he calls for for man in the garden in Genesis three, after they have sinned, he calls for Adam. He brings Adam up, and Adam immediately scapegoats. But he he calls for for Adam. Adam is the one who's responsible. When he expels them out of the garden, who does he expel out of the garden? He expels Adam out of the garden. There's a responsibility that that Adam dropped the ball on in all of these things that were his. God had given him that authority and that responsibility, and he had. He had failed, but it was only his because God had given it. And so anytime we interact with authority in scripture, we acknowledge, right? Whether it's governmental or whether it's um, um, in the elders, eldership of the church, whether it's a husband and a wife, every bit of authority is borrowed. Even even the, the role of parents, it's borrowed authority. All of it stemming from God. God is the authority that grants the subordinates authority. And so I say that to clarify, maybe, maybe our position would be helpful in that at our church, um, we have a women's Bible study, which I know we're not allowed to say, (laughs) maybe that's the problem. Maybe we can't call it that women's group. It's just women's group. Is that safer? I like that. Let's go with that. Women's group. We have a women's, a woman's group. Can we call it a women's auxiliary? Cause then it's like totally, (laughs) it's not even equated with the church at all. The the women's group is always under the authority of our eldership. Is that, not, is that right, Jesse? Yes. Right. And and also, the content would then be under the authority of every um, husband whose wife would attend that group for certain, certainly. Is that that's still going? Am I still going right with that? Say that last part again. The content would also be under the authority of every husband whose wife attends that group, right? They, like bringing that, uh, bringing right. that content back under that authority. Yeah. yeah. Like for instance, if a if a husband were uncomfortable with something, you know that that discussion would have to be had with right. his wife. In his wife, regards to her attendance to that, yeah, his wife, and also the elders of the church, because that would be appropriate as well right. for him to communicate with. Um, and so we see this subordinate authority as as coming from a, the the headship role of the elders of the church being granted to that women's group. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it it falls under our authority in the Correct. same in the same way that Adam was responsible for the sin of Eve. We are responsible and accountable for 
that women's study. Right. And so the content that's being taught there isn't inherently something that's that's being derived out of nowhere. It's coming under the, uh, the authority of the church and the church's elders. Right. Right. Okay. So then you would say, even though we're studying a book of the Bible to learn how to study a book of the Bible, that still falls under your authority? Like that's not theological teaching? Would would you prohibit it or would Dale prohibit it? That's my question. Would Dale prohibit what? So we have done women's studies that the content was the book of James, the book of Hebrews. And the purpose is to teach the women how to glean from God's word on their own study. Yes, he, he would say that that's not okay. Right. And, that, and you would see why I would be bothered by that. Uh, considering that you've done that, yeah, yeah, I can see where you'd be about that. Right? <laughs> Jesse actually was meaning to talk to you about the church discipline that we're about to bring. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> yes, we could see why that would bother you. Um, however, I don't believe that this this was this was never this is never something that exists outside of our eldership. It's never like, I'm going to do this now, and so it is done. Right. It's, this is the plan. This is where we want to teach. This is where we want to go. Is this acceptable? Is this right? What do you think? Is there some other direction? Is there something else I should? And so it's always that, again, the authority is always borrowed. It's always coming from the, the leadership that God has placed, which ultimately is God himself, first and foremost is always God who's over his church. And then the elders evaluating content, evaluating direction, right? Are we all on the same page here? Or am I just rambling? Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I don't know. I, I, yes. Yeah, basically, that that's how we view it. But, I mean, I guess Dale's question would be, why why aren't you as elders doing that? Which we are. I was going to say, I, I mean, I, I like to think we are. But then he would ask, well, then why is it necessary? And that's a perfectly fine question to ask. Yeah, that's, but that's a subjective. But that's, but that's right. That's a subjective question. <laughs> right. And the other th- the other thing is, is that I, I think, I, I, while I, I completely understand Dale's, because uh, I, I think it's biblical, uh, the men and women of different roles, different authorities, um, and also different um, areas where we're prone to, prone to fail or sin or error right correct and and i think that i think that um women especially um through the scriptures i agree with dale um that there is that there is a a blindness to um very like uh i'm trying to trying to think of like a good term for it there's this there's this really winsome gospel light churchianity world that that women can tend to get swept up in that's very new agey i think that 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 weak christian women can get swept up into you mean there's more of an emotional emphasis in those types of things yeah and so and so i think that i think that is that that the cautions that dale gives are good and biblical in terms of those things but and i don't know maybe our church is just unique but I think that we as elders have a very good bead on 
what's happening in our women's studies in terms of what the content is, who the authors are, what, what, what are you guys walking through so that, that we wouldn't allow our women to be in a situation where something like that was creeping in. Well, I have no desire to take our women anywhere, but the same direction, which is God's word that we're learning on a weekly basis. Right. Which is, which is the beautiful part of a submissive spirit, which is beautiful and appropriate and biblical. Yeah. Yes. And amen. I, I think what you're looking for, wait, the, the, so second Timothy, I, well, just might as well stay there. Right. <laughs> We're in second Timothy, second Timothy three, starting verse one says this, but I understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. It's like he took everything. Paul's just like, all right, people are going to do all the bad things. (laughs) All of them, right? All right, then he goes on. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. And that's the key. That's one of the key phrases here. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. And here's the reality. What you just said is key, Jesse, because if a <clears throat> if we acknowledge what the scripture says about men and women and the differences there, a woman's a woman led Bible study that's outside of any directive order of the church is perfect for what we know the sin of man and women is because the sin of man, right? Is being, is not leading as God has called him to. It's being, it's being disengaged from his role and responsibility. It's running to, uh, uh, lethargy and, 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 and giving all giving over his responsibility to someone else, which is exactly what happens in the garden. And a woman's role, women's role, sinful role in, in, in the fall, her, her part she played is to run and desire knowledge over and above mm-hmm. her husband, over and above what God had given to find something on her own, always learning, right? Always gleaning this knowledge but never able to arrive at truth Hmm. and we see that explicitly outlined in genesis chapter three in genesis three after when eve is is looking at the tree and she's longing after it as she's been deceived um she says it, it the scripture says this so when the woman saw that the tree that the tree was good for food, that's one, that it was, two, a delight to the eyes, and three, that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. And these three things are what is going on, what the scripture reveals is going on in Eve's heart at this point. There's a desire to make one wise, and that, that immediately implies wiser than Adam has give, could give her any knowledge, and wiser than even God would give her any knowledge. She would be wise by this tree, 
which is exactly what we're then reading in in Second Timothy chapter three, right? It's the exact idea, just written again. And that's this drawing away. It's the deception of 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 a woman to be led into things that are not what God has revealed for her. And that's what we need to be cautious. And that's what that is. I do believe that is what Dale is concerned about. And our world is full of it. And I know that that's hard to hear. It doesn't mean it's not biblical. I mean, we, and let us, let us, let us not forget that, that Adam's curse specifically from God is not, it's not just that he ate the tree, right? It's not like, Oh, Adam, you ate the tree. Here's what God says in Genesis three seventeen. Because one, you have listened to the voice of your wife and two, have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you. So it's two things that God says explicitly in Genesis 3.17. Adam was very willing in the moment in Genesis 3 to give up his role and responsibility. He was willing to hand it over and abdicate it. And so you can see why there must be a concern of these these Bible studies and podcasts and content creators that are pushing out truth and doctrine without any submission to the church and or or certainly any submission to the church you may be a part of yourself or even if these people are a part of your church not actually in submission to that church like there's so many ways in which this can be apart from God's framework that there must be a caution because the scriptures says it on repeat like on all, all, all over the place. Well, first of all, we know we know the scripture. I think the hard part is we're always very clear about what men's roles are because the scripture is very clear. The scripture continually tells men to get to work all the time, to be about the things God has called you to be. Do it, do it, do it. Right, but I mean, I think it's just as clear on women's roles as well. You don't... Right, but we don't teach on it. I'm just saying we don't, always, we don't necessarily in our current day teach on it as much. It is, but we don't necessarily say it. So as someone who, in my, in my growing up, my mother always said to me that she would never be a part of a women's Bible study because they always gossip and complain about their husbands. So I never saw my mom partake in a woman's study of any kind. And honestly, it, it made me hesitant to partake of anything in that of that kind either but i i have the joy of saying that as our church has grown and as it's become helpful for our community to have these separate times for men and women to come together and learn what's been beautiful that i i don't think i've ever articulated before but because we're all involved in the local body everyone in our women's study is um, is attending regularly at least our church and that's because it's hard to call someone to obedience to the elders if they're not a part of your church and and it's wonderful to see the women attending and engaging in content and referring back to the Sunday sermon or referring back to you know, I often refer back, when we were in the book of James, I often referred back to our teaching on the book of James that you did, Justin, and how it's accessible for us and posted the notes and posted the links to those. And I believe that what is displayed in our women's time 
is a submission to the leadership of our church and their husbands. I don't, I don't see that. I'm wondering if more of a mixed group would have a different outcome, but I will indeed say that it is a blessing to see them um, honor those that they submit to and not even realize it. And honestly, I didn't even realize it until we've been talking about this so much. Sometimes until you um, meditate on something, you don't necessarily see it. You ponder it over and over again. Um, I think in knowing, I think in being able to know what the scripture says about women, we can actually identify and men, we can identify our weak point, our weak spots. And when we can identify our weak spots, we can be cautious to not run headlong into situations where we know we are given to weakness. It's very important to know those things. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse three, when Paul is talking uh, to the Corinthian church and his hope here is to warn them away from false apostles, the literal analogy he gives, the, the thing he is afraid of, he says, he says in verse three, but I am afraid that, that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. These, the, the example he uses is the deception of Eve. I mean, one of the things we must acknowledge is that whenever Eve is talked about post then, uh, post the fall, she is not just connected with eating the, having taken the fruit. She is more so connected with having been deceived. And when we see that Adam's sin and then his subsequent curse right? Is that, Hey, you still have to fill the earth. You still have to subdue it. You still have to be image bearers of God. You still have to obey my commandments, but now everything is going to war against you. Everything I gave you responsibility over, I gave you authority over will now fight you every second of every day. It makes sense because that's how the curse, that's what, that's where sin would affect that. And when, when, when he looks at Eve and says, your desire will be contrary to your husband, but he will rule over you. It is to say that there will be a struggle among you for that wisdom, for that authority, and for that power, but man will always have it. Um, and, and there's a reality that we must understand that in there is revealed where we're weak. We are Where we're weak is revealed in that. And we can identify, hey, I'm going to be weak. One, I'm going to be lazy. And the fact that the creation is going to war against me is going to make me want to be even more lazy, which is going to make me secede more authority that God has given me, more responsibility that God has given me. And I'm going to just keep seceding it to the woman, to, to, to my wife, to my, to other men, all of my, I'm going to give it all away because that's what, that's what's, that's what I, I have, I am prone to do. I must take responsibility for what God has given me responsibility over. And, and for the ladies to not be deceived means we have to have our heads up and bring things to our husbands, to our elders. Make sure we're evaluating things correctly, and and not just not just falling into the the weak-willed women of Second Timothy three. Like we don't want to be those. We don't want to be those those women. I do not want to be those women. I also don't want to be those women. <coughs> too late. For, too I'm late relieved. For, <laughs> <laughs> too late for you, bud. <laughs> too late for you. Um. One other thing that I thought was interesting, and I, we have briefly mentioned it, and I thought we could talk about it a little bit, um, was in the second part of Dale's podcast, he took questions. like he, he, Well, at least he, he answered questions that he had communicated he had been given. And one of them uh, was about um, a... <clears throat> one of them was 
uh, one of them, it's kind of almost like it went hand in hand, uh, but one of them was about a wife, um, and I don't even know how he necessarily inherently measured this, but going beyond or learning past her husband, uh, going further in her learning uh, than her husband was. Uh, and he, he communicated that that was not good. That was not not what should be done. If I have that right? Yes. And and where my concern came in is because I do listen to a lot of podcasts, both biblical podcasts and news podcasts, because I have a lot of time on my hands. Um, Which is exactly what Dale said. I know. I know. And so you would see where immediately I would become concerned because now I'm listening to podcasts and I don't know if that's an evil thing or not. And yeah, that was, that was hard. That was hard. Yeah. But I think when you start to discern, um, one of the things I immediately said to you was, uh, don't you, don't you talk about a lot of these things with pops? Yep. Right, you you bring these things to pops, who's able to then speak into them often. I mean, maybe not one hundred percent of the time. Maybe there's things that you've forgotten that you don't even bring to pops. So therefore, it could be a hundred percent of the time. Um, certainly, I forget far more than I actually listen to when I'm listening to podcasts. Um, as does everyone at the Carpe Fide podcast, <laughs> and no one blames you. Uh, but I thought that that changes the paradigm, right? I'm not learning to. The whole phraseology of the question was a problem for me because a woman that's learning beyond her husband sounds like <clears throat> sounds like what Eve was looking for. It sounds like 2 Timothy 3. It sounds like a woman learning so that she can take authority. A woman learning so she can go beyond God and go beyond man. And that's not the purpose of why I believe you listen to podcasts or, or any teaching. Um, the purpose why you listen for this so that you can be you can be edified and glorified. Uh, you can be edified and glorify God more. And in doing that, in order the only way to glorify God more with that knowledge is not so to take it to take it to yourself as if it gives you authority, but rather to share that and to to digest that. And the first place you should do that with is you're married, your husband, right? If you're a woman in the church, with your church, with your elders, with with your church body, you must bring that into community. Um, the idea the idea that going beyond your husband, I don't, I don't know that how the, I don't even, I struggle with how that should even be possible. You should be learning and, and then taking it to your husband. You're at best. Your husband should always be with you because you're constantly sharing. You're constantly talking and sharpening one another and going to the word and evaluating, listening to your husband and hearing what he has to say and hearing him explain it. And when you both get stuck, you should both be running right to the word, to your pastors. You're constantly bringing this in. I, I just, I found it to be a hard question to grasp. Do you have any thoughts on that, Jess? Um, I mean, I, I don't think you would disagree with anything that you just said, though. So you think the the learning beyond your husband is specifically one that's seeking to take headship because you've learned more than he is. You're now more educated and better than he is to lead. Well, I, I think that there's a couple different calls there, right? There's the call for the husband to be striving and learning. And, right. if, and if he's not, if he's shirking that responsibility, that needs to be disciplined and dealt with. Right. So there's that reality Mm -hmm. because we can't just like separate all of these things into boxes. Right. Like if you have a if you have a woman, if you have a wife, that's not like if you have a wife. But in the scenario, (laughs) if there there is a woman who is married to a man who is shirking his responsibility, the issue isn't with her learning. 
the issue is with him and that that sin needs to be dealt with. Yes. You know, we're not going to focus on, you know, what podcast she's listening to right now. We're going to focus on why why are you why are you shirking your God-given responsibilities and harming your wife and yourself and your family? Like right. that that's the conversation that we're having. You know, you're not sitting in the in the pastor's counseling room saying, "Well, what podcast did you listen to this week, Sally?" It's going. <laughs> that's not the conversation that's happening. I listened so, <clears throat> to the briefing. So we have to. So we have to understand that when we're talking about situations like this, that this, these aren't the most important issues. When you have a husband who's shirking his responsibility, right? But could you imagine a guy that though that's like in Missouri and like his wife's like, I was listening to this podcast about these these. Uh, troubled passages in the Bible by this guy, Dale Partridge. And here's what, he, and then like he finds that, and then like, it's like Dale Partridge is teaching my wife. Ah, how dare. I just thought it was, I'm just laughing now. <laughs> that that would be kind of funny, I guess. I, I don't know why, but it's ironic, you would think it's funny. He's, never mind. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I mean like, so that's, that's, that's the thing. It's not, I don't think that the call to the woman is to stay stupid, you know, because I think he he explicitly said that regardless of your scenario, Christian married, Christian like Christian married to a believer, Christian married to an unbeliever, Christian single woman, is that your nose needs to be in the word regardless, always learning and growing and seeking and striving to grow in sanctification. So I mean that's that's a call on your life. It's just you have. It's just on his view, and I, I I agree with him on this. Is that is that there's certain structures in place to have that happen in, and to to not to to do it in a foolish way or a careless way or a foolhardy way, or even an unintentional way, a way that you haven't thought through and weighed weighed out what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it and, and those types of things. I, I, I agree with them. I, I mean, I, I think we disagree on how that looks practically, obviously, because our, our church does it in this way with, with our view and understanding of what authority is and, and how that's, how that's divvied out. Um, so I, I think that there's differences there, but I, I think that the, I think that the heart and content of what he's sharing, I, I think is fairly, um, is fairly accurate, right? Like, like, um, if say we, say we sent our kids to school, which we don't, but say we, say we did. And my wife had, you know, eight hours a day where she could do, oh man, so much laundry, <laughs> uh, where, where she could, where she could do stuff, where she could listen to podcasts all the time and, and stuff like that. If she so chose, right. You know, uh, I, I think that in that scenario that she should be that, that the husband should be aware of what's of what she's intaking, not in a controlling way, but it, but in a way that that's his responsibility. Do you, do you disagree with that or no, no, I, I not in a controlling way. And I, and I think that what I we think, do, and I think that what, hold on one second. Yep. Good. I think that what we do, and I think that why you bristle is because in this legalistic sense, we see these controlling men and these domineering men that, that, that we've either grown up with or known or have had relationship with that, that that's the view of what comes into our head when we think a husband should be involved in these things. But a loving husband involved in these things looks a lot different than a controlling husband involved in these things. Right. My, my confusion, my, my hesitancy in figuring out what, what Dale was saying is 
I were I be, immediately became concerned that I learned too much because although John, my husband, although he learns, Pops. he learns yeah. differently than I do. He he studies different things than I do, but yet when we come together to speak of things, we're on the same page. Or he's able to show me a different nuance, or even I'm able to show him a different nuance. But I think when he puts it in the framework that you can't learn more or you can't almost, I felt like I was, I would say I came away from that podcast more concerned that I was, could be viewed as learning more than my husband and leading women rather than built up in the body of Christ as a woman that God has enabled to be able to do certain things. And I need to, rather than saying I can't learn more than my husband, it should have been put that he should always be included and it shouldn't be knowledge for myself as Justin has outlined because I I don't know how to stop listening to podcasts and I don't know when I've listened to one too many. A podcast addict. I, I mean, honestly, if my mind is left on its own, I will end up in dark places and right. that's not good. I need my mind to be focused on what is good and right and true. And if I have a question about that, my husband's the first guy I'm going to take that question to. And, you know, you, Jesse, uh, Sherman, the other elder in our church, I'd be more than willing to have that conversation with all of you as I've been able to. I do think that what Justin pointed out to me was that including my husband in the fact that I'm listening to different things could actually spur him in his leadership role to engage in those, in that content. Um, which I, I think is valid. I think that when we take, when I take ownership of my own listening or when I just listen to, for for myself, which is, I don't know that I ever do that, but I'm sure I do. So, and I don't include John in on it, or I don't say this is what I've been listening to, or, you know, look at this website and and tell me, you know, that includes him. Not only does that include him in what I'm doing, but it's allowing my flaw as a woman to take leadership, my conscientious awareness of that flaw, to draw me to my husband to hopefully be the helper that God has created me to be, to draw him closer to God, to lead our family better. When I've included him in that process, it becomes a building up of each other, and then he is even better able to have his role as leader of the family. But when I take that to myself, and I don't include him in that, then I could see where that would be problematic. Yeah, I guess it's hard for me to think about these things because our family has always been very transparent. Like, <clears throat> that's how you raised us to be, is very incredibly transparent with one another and with, with those around us. So we don't really keep things to ourselves. We're very sherry people, you know, like we, we talk a lot. and we <laughs> Sherry, and, she was a nice lady. <laughs> you know, but I mean, so I guess, I guess, but but I can see, I can see where in, in, uh, say a different hypothetical family where they weren't so transparent where you know the husband's in his own lane and the wife's in her own lane and the kids are all in their lanes all probably just on their phones where this type of thing is probably a lot more relevant and certainly more 
like piercing to the heart of the matter, perhaps. Right, and and that and obviously in those situations, things need to change to conform to what God's biblical call is. And so, right. like you said earlier, like we need that 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 family needs to come under God and come and be conformed to it, um, and then that becomes totally different. And I, I think you said that really well, Mom. So I think you did a, a great job, kind of kind of guiding that and and pointing us back to we place our stamp of authority on it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I'm I relieved. Just, I was just trying to transition to the back into the creative order because I believe when you look at the garden, it was what the natural the natural outpouring of what we see and read and understand in the abdication of authority in the desiring of wisdom um and the exaltation uh, uh, uh robbing of authority like when we see these things interplay in scripture it becomes evidently clear that that the the right reaction for eve would have been to tell tell the serpent i don't believe that's what god said uh but but adam's right here and he is he has spoke to god at the beginning of all directly and Adam, can you can you fill in the the serpent? And then Adam could have used his voice and led proactively, and it would have been that full completion of the creative order as God had given it. But we don't see that, and, what, and so instead, what we have is the curse. And so instead, what we have is this gift of being able to know what my as a man tendencies to will be in sin, and and what <clears throat> what yours, my as a woman, what tendencies will be in sin. Generally speaking, we have these. These are gifts. And so we must we must be careful to guard against them. And I do, again, believe that is what Dale's true desire was. I remember about, I guess it's like maybe like eight months ago, six months ago, when someone in our, a lady in our church started a message group with, um, I think it was, was it with all the, I felt like you were in it too. But a lady said that she had listened to this podcast by this person and um, was following along with it. And I, I believe, Jesse, you did a lot of research and pointed to a lot of things that that particular person had said that were an error and that you would recommend that that person not listen to that podcast anymore. Do you remember this this happening? Yes. Um, and I feel like <clears throat> that's where we can see, like, yeah, this is a problem in the church. This is something that happens. Were you a part of that group? That was elders then. I guess I, I, I swore you were in that. I swore too, but um, I have no memory. Matter. That's fine. That's yeah, it's fair. fine. But I remember, and I feel like that—that that for me was a moment where, like, when you go, when you then when I hear Dale say this, I immediately I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Of course, this happens this, all the time. This happens all the time, and and the the encouragement there is like, no, this is not good. And now, what I realize, like, when I go back and think about it, my encouragement should have been, um no, this isn't good. Have you talked to your husband about this? Like, that's what I should be like. I, as the elder should be drawing her to come under the creative order as well. And I think that's a, so maybe something we missed there, <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, it's happening. Like, this is a real thing. Dale's concerned about it cause it's happening and it's happening a lot and we need to be really careful with it. Yep. <laughs> All right. We've been we've been going on for a little over an hour now. Yeah, it's probably time to wrap it up. Yeah. Pop said mom turns into a pumpkin after midnight. Yeah, so. we gotta be really careful. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> That does sound like something Pops would say. It though. does, though. Yes. Yes, and the all, all to all listeners of the Carby Feeder podcast can acknowledge that it sounds exactly like something Pop would say. 
He's also said, I'll meet you under the castle. <laughs> but he was looking the other way when he said it. I oh, didn't man, hear him. That's a story for another podcast. <laughs> another time. Oh, we got to have Ma back on. That's a great story. Oh, man. We should have them both on and just tell hilarious stories. Oh, like <laughs> the so horses great. with the helmets. Oh, no, not oh, that. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. All right. <clears throat> well, this has been another episode of the Carby Fide podcast. Please message us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or email us at about, <clears throat> excuse me. At a, is it about Carpe Fide? At Carpe Fide? No. No, it is. Info. <laughs> nope. It is. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I started. Hello at CarpeFide.com. Anyway, send us a message in any whatever format you choose. We'd love to interact with you over this topic. We'd love to hear how we brought the scriptures to bear and where you think we may have, we're maybe differing or or we're just heretics. Please do tell us. We want to grow and sharpen with you. And uh, as always, we encourage you, dear Christian, to please seize, seize the, the faith. faith.